The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's your host David Williams, along with Mr. Isaac Simpson. We are back after a uh, hiatus that was entirely too long. We apologize about that, but we're up and running now. Going to be going strong the rest of the season, heading into what looks like a two-month break. We uh, it was announced today. It looked like uh, July 21st, if I'm not mistaken, was the uh, the draft date. So we'll have some time to get some draft coverage in, man. Isaac, how have you been? Man, I've been doing good, man. And uh, yeah, man, the draft uh, they announced it today. It's coming up the the end of July. Uh, they're gonna have a combine and everything this year. As of right now, everything looks like it's good to go. So it's gonna be exciting. Talking draft, man. I'm a big draft guy, so I'm excited about that. And uh, Grizzlies got a much needed win tonight. Uh, four game road trip, which you want to do situations at least get go 500, and they were able to do that. Finish the road trip two and two. Wasn't pretty tonight, but they got the win. Yeah, man, th- this game uh, was a lot closer than what it needed to be for sure. Yeah. I-, I said before this game, you know, it's kind of early in the season to be like declaring something a must win game, <laughs> yeah. but. You know, they need to win these games, the games that they're favored in. They're going to have to uh, go out and be up and execute for the games like the teams that they're supposed to beat because they've got a pretty brutal stretch. The the toughest part of their schedule, we are uh, a little over uh, about a week and a half away from the, the, the beginning of the toughest part of their schedule. Yeah, man, it's it's about to get brutal. Um, and, and like you said, if they're gonna gonna compete to be in a playoff a playoff team or in, in the play in, they're gonna have to win these games that they're favored in. And there's not a lot of those left on the schedule. Uh, there's this big seven game road trip you got coming up, and even before then, you got a tough four game road East Coast road swing before then, and you got another game with the Jazz coming up on Wednesday. So, um, I mean, it, it's it's brutal going forward. So anytime they have an opportunity to to play a, a team that they're supposed to beat, they gotta win these games and. For a while, it looked like that might be an issue tonight, but they they finally pulled away and and got it done there in the fourth quarter, man. But they worried us a little bit tonight. Yeah, they they definitely did. I, I think that something that has been kind of an Achilles' heel. Uh, uh, wow, I can't even talk, man. <laughs> been, been away so long, my my English is gone. Uh, Achilles' heel for them is closing the quarters out. Like they yeah. they just struggled. Oh yeah. You know, even when uh, the, the show was away, I was still trying to watch as many games as I could so I could stay caught up, and I would just watch the last five minutes of the quarter, you know, Grizzly would be in the lead and that lead would just evaporate. They just, I don't know. They ran out of gas. I'm not sure what happened, but you know, I, in the first half tonight, they were outscored 30 to 20 in the last five minutes of the first two quarters. And, uh, you know, against a team that they should dominate, you know, that they ended up winning the game by 10. They took over in the fourth quarter, took care of business, but, uh, you know, I feel like the Grizzlies are far better than a uh, a ten point team over this Rockets team. Yeah, I mean last time they went out there beat in Houston, beat them by forty nine points. But uh, Houston, uh, Houston was game tonight. I mean, they give them some credit. I mean, I think in, in that first half, I mean, it was like a parade to the free throw line for the Rockets, especially in that first quarter. It was just kind of a weird first quarter. A lot of calls. I think the Grizzlies had two five point possessions uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the first half. Just some crazy stuff going on um, in that game. But I think I heard. Uh, I don't know if just Brevin said or, or Brevin or Petey said. I think the Grizzlies have trailed uh, at, at halftime in the last nine games, so they've struggled in in, in first half uh, for a while now. Like you said, all year long, seemingly it seems like they struggled to finish quarters. I mean, it's just if they they could have a ten point lead with three minutes to go in the quarter, and inevitably it seems like that team ends up taking the lead before that quarter's over. You just 
see it happen so much. They just can't hold a lead when they're leading late in quarters, and that's just been something that we've seen all year. That wasn't any different tonight in the first half. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think I remember either Peter Revin said that the the Rockets shot eleven free throws in that first quarter. Man, that's just yeah. a, a a huge amount of free throws. Uh, you know, in the first quarter for sure. Um, Dylan Brooks had a, a decent game out. He had 17. Dylan's been playing good as of late, 17, four and four. John Morant, 12, five and eight. JV, another big double double for him, 30 and 15. Kyle Anderson, seven, two and two. Grayson Allen uh, took a hard fall out for the rest of the game with hip yeah. soreness. It wouldn't surprise me if he misses more than just, uh, you know, yeah. like moving forward if he doesn't miss a couple of games. DeAnthony Melton came up big. Uh, him and Desmond Bain combined for 40 off of the bench. Des, uh, Melton had 23, 4, 2, and 2, and Bain had 17, 4, 3, and 1. So, you know, the, the bench doing what it does, the depth of the Grizzlies coming out and uh, showing off in, in this game. Yeah, I mean, you never want to see anybody get hurt uh, because I'm, I'm a big Grayson Allen fan, and he's played well for this team at times. But I think we've all been kind of collectively calling for for more minutes for uh, for DeAnthony Melvin, and I think he really took his minutes and and, and ran with him tonight. I mean, a big game for him: twenty three points, four rebounds, two assists, two steals. I mean, four seven from three, uh, five or six from the free throw line, plus seven in twenty eight minutes. I mean, just a big time game. Um, and kind of talking about Melton, a couple of weeks ago, I put a poll out on Twitter uh, that kind of asked the question of where would you rank Melton in the, in the pecking order behind John and Jaron on this team long term? And I had some people saying four or five, even six uh, behind John Jaron. I was like, what is you're crazy, man. I mean, I had people saying yeah. Kyle Anderson and different people like throwing like four or five guys in front of him uh, as far as being important to this team. And I think right now, outside of John Jaron, I think you saw tonight, I think his development is just as important to this game as, as anybody outside, again, John Jaron, uh, going forward. Um, I, I mean, I think he's turned into a player that I think he can get to a level where, I mean, could he be the starting shooting guard for this team? I mean, that that may be stretching it, but, I mean, he's developed. I mean, he's shooting over 40% from three. I mean, right. I never, I, I didn't see this coming. I think when they were talking about paying him 10 to $14 million maybe over the summer, I was like, man, I wouldn't even dream of paying him that. And I, I was kind of a little bit, Thinking of maybe playing an eight or nine, I was like, that might be a little bit much. But uh, I mean, he's really improved, man. I, I never thought I would see be sitting here saying Melton's a plus forty percent three point shooter, but he's been fantastic this year, man. He's really, really improved his game over the summer coming into this year. Yeah, to to me, he should be the the two. He should be the starting two. I, I think that the the reason previously that you started Grayson at the two was for shooting, shooting, yeah, and and, and May and uh, Melton is bringing that man night in night out. They say over forty percent on the season from three. Um, he he, not that Grayson is a bad defender, but Melton is a much better defender than Grayson. Uh, you know, I I know that he has chemistry with the guys off of the bench, but he has good chemistry with Ja as well. But the 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 biggest thing is we don't really know what this starting lineup is going to look like because we haven't had Jaron all year. Yeah. And that's, you know, we got some news, uh, Kleiman's, uh, you know, his um, press conference said Jaron is on track to return in of April. <laughs> um, I, you know, I feel like that's stretching it. I, you know, and we've, you and I have both kind of felt that way with, with any of the injuries with the Grizzlies this year. And, you know, you're not going to get a very big sample size of what this team looks like with 
the actual rotations that you're going to play. And so that kind of worries me going forward as far as, you know, what, what's the summer going to look like and what are they going to do? Who's going to get moved? And do you really know who you need to move right now based off of the limited amount of games that they're going to have together? Yeah. I mean, it's that, that whole situation is just really strange. I mean, I've, I've, I've Clyburn said by the end of, end of April, and I just kind of looked at the schedule and this is based on not that I've heard anything, but I've, predicted April 28th uh, against the Blazers. That's the first home game after that brutal seven-game road trip they, they have. And I figured that they might bring him back in a home game. So that's kind of my prediction. And if that is come to fruition, they, he'd have 12 games uh, that he played this season. And like you said, that's not a big sample size. I mean, and it's just weird because you would think that they would have wanted him back, especially when you get uh, Justice Winslow back, you have him back to kind of evaluate where this team is and where all these guys fit. And I mean, I, I just in our April, I mean, that's pretty much that's 80% of the 80 to 80% of the season gone, 80 to 90% of the season gone. And you, you just don't not going to know what you have. Now, hopefully the Grizz are in a position to, to make the play in. So that would give him a little bit more time. But uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it is tough for him, for a guy of that magnitude to, to miss this chunk of the season. I mean, coming into the season, we thought maybe January, February at the latest that he'd be back. And now we're talking about in our April, man. I just didn't think that that was going to be the situation, but that's where we are, so uh, we'll yeah, see what I, happens. But it's kind of surprising, I, man, that he's going to be out a, another month. Yeah, essentially three three months later than what we yeah. initially thought that he was going to be back. That's what we're looking at. And in those 12 games, you got to figure that, you know, it, it's going to take Jaron some time to get back into game shape. There's going to be rust there. So th- there's not going to be, to me, you're looking, if he does come back on the 28th, you're looking probably the last five games of the season. And, and he, the thing is you've got back to back. Back to back. Yeah. I was going to say, is he, you know, are they going to let him play back to back? He's probably yeah. not playing back to back. So I just don't know how much of an actual look we're going to get with him coming back that late. And, and, and obviously like I'm on the side of yeah, like, yes, I want you to be cautious, but where, where's the line of being cautious and overly cautious? You know, the, the truth is we will never know where that line is. You know, we, we can look at Jaron and see that, you know, he's been, he's been out there warming up yeah. pregame without the brace since I man, mid December, it feels like I know the, the first game that they let, uh, um, not, not a big crowd, but I think there were like 1700 fans in the forum in December, the first game that we went to, he was out there warming up without a brace. So you mean to tell me from that time, you know, he's out there, he's doing basketball movements, he's shooting, he's pivoting, you know, he, he's putting in work pregame without the brace. It's going to take you four months to get the strength and conditioning to go. I mean, I don't yeah. know what it is. People, people think I'm crazy when I say this, but I've been saying for months that I, I think he's fine. I, I felt the same way with Justice Winslow. I felt like Justin Winslow could have went, a month or two months before the end. I mean, you just seem, you saw these guys, I mean, you hear these stories about Justice is doing some things in practice. I mean, you just, and like, again, you can't take anything necessarily for this. It's much different than playing an NBA game. But you see these guys hopping around on the bench and doing all kinds of stuff. I just don't think they'd be okay with these guys jumping up and down if you got a knee issue or a hip issue on the bench, if they were really hurt like that. I, I don't know. I just, it's a weird situation. But I mean, for some reason, I don't know. And I hate to use the T word, but, uh, is it a soft tank? Maybe they wanted to be in a certain window uh, to try to stay in a certain position in the draft, and they didn't want to 
bring him back, and they just kind of use the guise of we're being cautious with uh, with Jared. I I don't know what it is, but I I felt for a while that he's fine. And again, I know that sounds crazy for a team to have one of your cornerstone pieces healthy enough to play and not play him, but that just seems like what's going on here, and I I don't know why it is. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I I can't I can't wrap my my mind around the rationale of, of what you know what's going on what are they really doing here it's it, you know the grizzlies have been winning they're they're 500 they're 22 and 22 they're in ninth uh looks like game and a half yeah game and a half of uh, one game just one game up on the warriors so you know it, it, it's they're more than likely going to be in the play-in that you got sacramento and the pelicans and I you know not that they cannot turn it around, but yeah, I just Sacramento's making a run. They're playing well right now. Harrison Barnes yeah. big, big three last night to to win the game. Uh, Shades of Kristen Laker back in the day. Uh, they, they turn around fadeaway three the buzzer to win that one last night. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, you look at the Grizzlies schedule. It's tough, but what what I think is going to happen, they might get beat up on a seven game road trip. But I think they're going to finish. You got to look at their schedule. I think they have opportunity to finish strong, and even if they a game behind or something. I think they got an opportunity to make up and go on a run near the end of the season because I I kind of like the way their their last several games stack up. Yeah, you you look at it and four of their last five are against teams that got two against would, the Magic. You know, I, I was talking about the the of uh, May. You know, you you've got uh, you've got the Pelicans on the tenth and then the Kings back to back thirteen fourteenth and they actually yeah, with the Warriors. back to back to back. They end with uh, Golden State on the 15th yeah so that, that's kind of uh brutal they'll be playing at home against the kings for, yeah, it's like, uh, for back-to-back and then they fly out from there to I think uh, it's five and seven days if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah five and six days actually six, five and six days yeah yeah it's crazy yep so you know it, it's a tough stretch there but they're going to be playing teams that uh, you know if they're right they're knocking on the door kind of teetering that they're going to control their own destiny they just yeah. you know it, it's going to be important for them to beat the teams that they are favored against and uh you know just in, in a couple of those games that i watched uh d- during the time that the, the show was away man i just i got so frustrated because it didn't oh, look man. like they were engaged at no all. They, there were a couple games they were just kind of checked out on it and i mean you know this was not a game that you couldn't win and they have got somebody in that some one of the players it's not going to come from the coaching staff one of the players has to step up and be like when, when he sees somebody checked out he's got to check them whether it's kyle or jv or you know i mean it's it's the grizzlies are officially the youngest team in the nba now after the trade deadline cutting gory you know somebody has got to take that leadership role and be like, listen, you know, you're checked out. You, you've got to lock in. If we're going to make the playoffs, that's our goal. That's what we want to do. We've got to lock in every game. You can't take any games off, but unfortunately I think you're still going to see that moving forward. Yeah. And that's the thing about this team. I mean, you see how, how great they can play. I mean, even in the losses, you saw the game against Milwaukee and Denver and how they played some of these games, even the game against Utah, even though those are all three losses. I mean, you see how well they play against these teams. I mean, a three point loss at Utah, I mean, the team that won 17 in a row, uh, 17 in a row coming into that game, best team in the NBA. And you see them competing. And then they play these games where like against OKC, where it's basically a G league roster or tonight. I mean, they have John wall, but, 
I mean, this is a, a bad basketball team. And you see them struggle against these teams. And you kind of scratch your head. You're like, they're supposed to be better than this. And then sometimes it's you just look out there and it's just effort. Um, I don't think that was necessarily the case tonight. I think Houston was just making shots um, for, for especially in that, in that first half. I mean, they just kept coming. But, I mean, you go back to those two OKC games, that the loss to the Warriors uh, at, at FedEx Forum in the first game. Um, it's yeah. just all about effort. And you just kind of see that from this team. Some nights they seem like they're engaged when they play – Better teams, they're definitely engaged. And when they play these teams where they're fav- heavily favored, they just seem to kind of sleepwalk through the game. And then when it's time to look, they look up and, and, and they can't get back in, and they've lost the game before you know it. And that's, I mean, that's, I guess, part of a young team, something that they got to learn. But it is, it can be frustrating because, I mean, I I swear that, that for that OKC loss, I mean, that one, I took that one hard. I usually don't get too high, too low on wins or losses, but I took that one really hard for some reason. That one still irks me when I think back to it. Man, that that one was tough, but the one that really got me was losing to the Warriors without Steph. That yeah, that yeah, one, that, that, one, like that first sure. game, it, it, if they win the first one and then the second one's close, they end up losing it. You know, okay, I can live with it. But they were just not interested. No. They did not want to play that. They did not show up for that game against a team that they should have beat. They could, Golden State without Steph, you saw it last year. They are a lottery team, and the Grizzlies should beat them without Steph Curry. You know, is, there were things, you know, you know, Wiggins. I think had a big game that game. Yeah. You know, like the, yeah. you know, I, I hate to like to make it found, you know, make it sound like I'm I'm just bashing in these other NBA players because that's not what it is. But you just look at it. You look at the 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 matchup, and the Grizzlies should win that game, and and they just didn't. They and you're not going to when you go into the game and you're given zero effort. Yeah. Like the Grizzlies are winning are the, the Warriors are winning every hustle play, all the, you know, all the grit and grind and all the dirty stuff that you have to do to win the game. They're doing it. And you're not, you're going to lose that game. These guys are professionals. And, and, and I was going to say that what made that game even worse, because it was the same week. It was three or four days after that OKC loss. Um, and, and to come out, you think they'd be, more mentally prepared because they're like, we, we just did this this week. We're not going to let this happen again. And I mean, they just came out there and got their doors blown off. And it wasn't, it wasn't just that they were beating. I mean, they just weren't rotating on defense when we're just leaving guys wide open for three, just the hustle plays. They weren't trying to get offensive rebounds. I mean, rebounds, they were just letting it be three Grizzlies in the paint. You know, one warrior come back, get the rebound, mm-hmm. tap back out, guy wide open for three. I mean, it was just effort. Uh, there, there's no doubt about it. Cause there's no reason to, to lose, to lose to that roster uh, that the, that the Warriors were throwing out that game. And, I mean, that's, again, we, we just seen that kind of stuff throughout the year. But, uh, I mean, hopefully we see less of those going forward. Because, again, man, the games that they're they're supposed to win are the marginal games that are, uh, the lines are close, man. They're going to have to win those games if they're going to make the play in for sure. Yep, 100%, man. You know, they, they had beat, uh, they beat Miami on Wednesday. They were coming off of a day off that first game. So, you know, it, it wasn't, a, wasn't a tired thing. It wasn't, no. like you say, a- effort. Effort is all it was, man. That's uh, you can't replace that if you're not giving it. It you know it shows. It doesn't have to necessarily show up on the stat sheet, but we're gonna see it, especially if you're watching the game. So, man, we're past the trade deadline. I didn't really get to talk to you. Like I said, we were kind of on that hiatus post trade deadline. There, where where are you at with uh, what the Grizzlies done or did not do at the at the trade deadline? 
Man, I, I wasn't surprised. I always thought there was a scenario where they just kind of stood pat and, and ended up buying Gorgie out. That's exactly what happened. I was surprised to see him land in San Antonio. That was not – I didn't see that one coming. That's not what I expected. I was like, man, he could have stayed Could have stayed in Memphis if they, they wanted to play him, if he's going to go to San Antonio. But, um, I mean, I wasn't, wasn't surprised. I mean, I think this front office, I think they've shown that they're willing to, to sit back and, and, and wait and, and buy their time to – when they feel like they want to make this big move. Now, I think between between now and, and next year's trade deadline, I think I think we're going to see a big move from this team. I think we're going to need to see one. Because you look at this roster, I mean, we've talked about it all year. I mean, there, there's an abundance of wings on this team. I mean, there's at least one too many. I think they need to consolidate some of these guys and, and, and get and, and turn them into one player, one or two guys that, that kind of fill all those roles. I mean, I've talked about it all year and sometimes why I think they struggle because they depend on so many role guys to – to do certain things night in and night out. And, and, and some nights those guys were role players. That's why they're role players and not star players, all-star level players, because some nights they're just not going to have it. And I think that's sometimes why they struggle because you're not going to get that consistent effort from these guys every night. And I just think at some point they're going to have to make a big move. They have the assets. And I think before next year's trade deadline, I think we're going to, we're going to see a significant move from this team, but I think this front office is willing to, to kind of sit back. And I think just like we talked about, Without having Jared in there, I think to rush it and make a big move, I don't think it would have been smart. People would build on Bill stuff, and we've got to discuss that. I think I don't think that was the right move to kind of blow all your assets right now for a guy who I don't think puts you over the top. I just that's not a move I would make. I think Zach Levine, if they could have put a package together that made sense for Zach Levine or something like that, I think that would have been smart. But I just think they did the right thing to kind of kind of wait and see where how this thing plays out. Yeah, I saw this kind of tossed around a little bit on on Twitter between a few people, and th- there was mentions of uh, you know, DeAnthony Belt and Buddy Hield, kind of a, a swap in, in in that general. You know, obviously there would be some uh, some cap filler and stuff like that. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it. That's something I had it written down, and I'm like, man, I'm gonna get Isaac on. I want to see what he thinks about that. If you were uh, you're the Grizzlies front office, and you had to put a package together and say you move. Uh, say Dylan Brooks for the cap filler and DeAnthony Melton for Buddy Hield. Are you making that trade? And I, I'm not. Uh, like if you had asked me that last year, uh, maybe I did. That would have been definitely yes. But but uh, but Buddy Hield is it seemed to this year he just hasn't been the same guy uh, that we used to see. And he he'll be 29 in December. Uh, so he's kind of outside of the timeline of of John Jerry and it's a little bit older. I just. I'm kind of out on Buddy Hill. I, I, that's not a guy. Last year, I was all for it. I was like, man, what can we do? What kind of package can we put together to get Buddy Hill? But at this point, man, I think I'm I'm out on Buddy Hill unless it's something that I mean, you, if you got to give out a, up a lot of assets, what you did to get him? I think I think it's gonna be he's not the guy that's gonna gonna put this team over the top. Especially if you you talk about Bradley Bill not being able to put this team over the top. Buddy Hill's definitely not gonna put them over the top. I think he would just be a guy. I mean, would he be nice to have next to Jaw? course but i don't think he's a guy that i would uh, spend a lot of assets on especially with the way the anthony belton is developed i think i'd rather have Belton and brooks than buddy hill right now for sure yeah 100 percent, 100 percent, man i tell you you know i'm i'm not on the wing like i don't i don't think that's where the weakness is man i i think that a true five yeah is what they need I, i really do and a guy that I like, um, you know, and, and he's not really been available. There's been talks of trades and, and 
you know, I don't really know what it would take because the Celtics uh, offered Gordon Hayward and he was not enough for him. But Miles Turner in, uh, yeah. in Indiana, you know, he's 25 years old, block shots like crazy. He's a true five. He can stretch the floor. His pick and roll defense is way better than uh, than anything JV thought about bringing to the floor. And that's, you know, that's something that drives me nuts. JV got exposed a couple times. CJ Wilson, there, there were a couple <laughs> yeah. plays tonight where uh, CJ, and I can't even remember who he was in the pick and roll with, you know, he just, you know, torched him. Easy, you know, easy layup, easy dunk. JV's pick and roll defense is not good. And I think in a playoff series, man, teams will expose that like crazy. Help defenses, you know, you make adjustments, coaches make adjustments and stuff like that. I understand it. But I just don't feel like JV is the guy that's going to be at the five whenever they get to the actual competitive level. You know, like they're they're a playoff team right now. But unless some sort of miracle happens, they're not a championship team. They're at least one piece away. And I feel like with the type of game that Jaron brings to the table, DeAnthony Melton, the way Dylan Brooks is developing, Jai, everything that the Grizzlies have right now, I think a true five is what they're missing to get them to the next level. Yeah, I, I'm starting to lean that way as well. Uh, I mean, you you kind of took the word words out of my mouth. As much as I love JV, I mean, his defensive rotation is just awful. I mean, he kills them uh, defensively a lot of times. And when when he's not giving you nights like tonight, you know, he's not scoring 30 points or even 20 points. He's nights where he has 15 points. I mean, that's not making up for how much he gives up on the defensive end. You're right. If they get into a playoff series, teams are definitely gonna they're going to expose that. Um, and and when you kind of look at the wing. I think there is a need there, but I, I think it's the need. You need an all-star level player, and are you going to get that in the draft? I mean, where they're, where they're picking, because I, unless they get extremely lucky, I don't think they're going to be picking at the top of the lottery. So, I mean, guys that you get, at that, unless you get extremely lucky, you're not going to get uh, an all-star level player probably in, in the middle of the first round. I mean, you could. I mean, it happens at times, but you have to get extremely lucky. I think that's something they could probably might have to acquire another way. We'll see. I mean, free agency hasn't been – Grizzlies for him. It's going to be hard to get a get level player free agency, but maybe they can make a trade to bring in a player like that. Uh, but I think draft wise, if, if uh, obtainable players, I think center might be their biggest weakness. And I've kind of talked about Xavier Tillman being out of the, out of the rotation. I, I think when when they took when when Winslow came back and Xavier Tillman went out of the rotation, I think that was a loss. I think Tillman plays much better defense uh, than, than JV, and he also was bigger than. And Brandon Clark, who they've been playing at back of five, I think they lose something not having him on the floor. Uh, I mean, he's for a rookie, he's very advanced defensively. I mean, he was really good uh, early in the season, uh, going going up against some of the bigger centers. I think he's probably the, the best defensive big that they have on the team. And for him to be outside of rotation like that, I, it's I think he's too good to be outside of rotation. I understand the numbers. I understand you know I'm only going to play ten guys, but I just kind of wish there was a way to get him on the floor more. Yeah, I just. Uh... I don't have the faith in BC to protect the rim like I do when X is out there. No. And that's, you know, I Brandon can block shots. He, he showed that he can do that. But against the more physical guy, yeah. it, it's, you He's know. He's just not big enough. Brandon just doesn't have it right now. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you know, he puts some more muscle on over the offseason and he becomes that guy. But, uh, I'm you know, I, I hate to, to – 
feel like I'm just a yes man and green with everything you say, but <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely on, on the same page with that, man. Like he, the, the, there's definitely a drop off there between those two. And, and that was, uh, that, that's something else is, you know, like, are one of those two guys expendable? Like, do do you move? And, you know, obviously, you know, that just, just theory spit wide and, you know, not that I'm wanting to, Hey, let's just blow it up and go and get, no, I, I want to see development. And that's why I'm so happy with what Dylan Brooks has done this year and his ability to pass the ball. And yeah, there's still been games when he's throwing up shots early in the shot clock that I'm like, Oh my God, like beat my head against yeah. the wall. What are you doing? But his vision has improved a hundredfold from last year. There have been so many passes this year that he has made that he never would have made. And that's something, you know, over the, the history of this team since they've been in Memphis, we have not really watched a guy develop in Memphis. You know, there there have been guys like Kyle Lowry is is a great example of, you know, he was here in Memphis. And, you know, he didn't really develop into the caliber of player that he is until after he left Memphis. And so some, you know, sometimes, you know, it's time to just say, Hey, you know, he, he's not going to develop. He's not going to do what we need to do and let's move on from him. But other times you need to watch and see what these guys are going to do. Giannis did not come into the league as a, uh, an all-star caliber player, much less an MVP caliber player. And then you see what he's developed into one of one of the better players in the league. And, you know, I'm not by any stretch implying that I think that Dylan Brooks is going to be in the MVP conversation, but I do think that he is good enough to be, you know, a, a fourth or fifth option on a championship team for nothing else other than his defense and his ability to tick the other team off. He is yeah. definitely first team in the villain side of it, of getting under other people's <laughs> skin, man. Yeah, no, no doubt about that, and and that's just kind of the the weird thing about this roster. I mean, I think it's it's a unique situation because they have so many good players, and they're just kind of in this weird spot. I mean, they're probably two years ahead of where they should be development wise, and you're just kind of trying to figure out what are we going to do with this. I mean, where are we? I mean, how good can we be? Are these guys that we should we just leave it alone and see how far the guys that we have on this roster develop? Should we? blow this up and get rid of some of these guys and try to make some moves. It's just a unique situation and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Cause I mean, you have a lot of different situations like that. I mean, you just got to talk about Brandon Clark and, and Tillman and Tillman not getting minutes right now and played really well early in the season. They were doing a good job developing him. And now he's completely out of the rotation now uh, when, when, when everybody's healthy, it's just a, a weird situation. Uh, but I, I think we, we're going to see this play out. I think a lot of this is going to, Something's going to change between now and the next trade deadline. I think it's going to see some new faces on here. I think you you have to because, I mean, just the, the way that the roster is set up, I think there's going to have to be some consolidation and some moves made here. But right now, I mean, it's just hard to predict what that's going to be, especially, again, with not having such your cornerstone piece, the second guy in Jared Jackson Jr., probably only playing the last couple weeks of the season. I mean, it's just a tough situation. Uh, but it's going to be interesting summer and interesting beginning part of next season into next year's trade deadline. But I definitely think we can, we're going to see some movement with this team. Yep, definitely. You know, I, I, you're not going to see enough at the end of this season, I don't think, to really get a good gauge on where this roster is. 
Um, I would be extremely surprised if we saw something happen in the summer. Not that it's impossible, but it would really surprise me. I don't, I don't see them making a big splash during the summer. I think it happens somewhere around the, the midway point, maybe close to trade deadline next season uh, when, when they see where they're at. We'll get out of here. Um, again, the, the Grizzlies win this game. I don't even think we said the final score. Oh, no. <laughs> we, no, we, we were talking. It. We just jumped into it. It's uh, – <laughs> Grizzlies win 120 to 110, beat the Houston Rockets, get back to 522 and 22 on the season. Next game is Wednesday at home against the Utah Jazz. Jazz coming in on a five-game win streak. I don't know if they play again. I wouldn't think that they play again before Wednesday. No. They just beat Cleveland. So no, uh, is it. But both teams coming off of an all uh, a rest day. And we'll see. Jazz are the best team in the league right now. This is uh Grizzlies played them tough. And they're going to have to bring their A game. They definitely cannot start this Jazz game the way that they started this Rockets game, or they will get buried and it will be ugly. Hey, I was going to say, I tweeted out, man, I'm on record that the Grizzlies were going to start a three game uh, winning streak here tonight. I said they're going to beat Utah, win tonight, beat Utah, beat Minnesota before going to Philly on Sunday. So I'm on, on record in saying that I think they think they get the Jazz on Wednesday night, man. They had, a, had an opportunity of uh, the first game out in Utah. I think they, they found a way to get it done at home. Man, I hope so. I hope so. The you know getting uh, more fans in the forum. I don't know what the uh, what the capacity is up to right now, but the last time that I was there, there were more fans, and you could kind of you could hear them a little bit. You know, there's still some piped in fan noise, but uh, you know, more fans bring the energy. Hopefully, the Grizzlies can get that win, and I hope Isaac is right. You guys can get the show on Twitter at Hootball Grizz. I'm at Google Two One One One. Isaac is. Isaac underscore rivals. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Until next time, go Grizzlies. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.